The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You are very welcome to The Big Red Bench this Sunday evening. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley with you for the next hour. And as always, we've got loads of sports to get through. So we'll give you the rundown of the day's sporting action. And we've also got some fantastic interviews in store. So without further ado, let's get into it. Starting off with Gaelic Games and it's been a big day for two Cork sides. Castlehaven were in action in the AIB Munster Senior Club Football Championship final as they faced Dingle and that game went all the way to a penalty shootout which Castlehaven ultimately won 4-3. Meanwhile, Kilnamarta faced Munger at St. Paul's of Limerick in the intermediate final and full-time there saw Kilnamarta enter and earning a convincing win on a scoreline of 3-12 to 10 points. Now, there are four games today in the Premier League. In the 2pm kickoff games, Everton beat Chelsea 2-0 as Shane Pennington reports from Goodison Park. Everton 2, Chelsea 0 and it's another massive scout for this fast improving Everton side and it was Newcastle on Thursday, it's Chelsea who leave here empty handed today goals from Abdullah Dukore and Lewis Dobbin did the damage with Dukore firing home a rebound after Dominic Albert-Lewin was denied by Sanchez and then Dobbin firing home from 18 yards into injury time, it was the host defensive side of the game though that got them over the line, they defended brilliantly all afternoon with Brentwaite and Tarkovsky surely impressing the watching England manager Gareth Southgate Chelsea did have their chances but Palmer, Fernandez, and Brozier were all denied by Jordan Pickford it's finished Everton 2 Chelsea 0 Meanwhile Fulham won 5-0 against West Ham and Guy Swindles was at Craven Cottage Fulham 5 West Ham 0 superb performance from Fulham West Ham started the match quite brightly but once Jimenez had headed home for his fifth goal in six matches Fulham were on their way before half time William slotted home right footed and Tozen's towering header from a corner made it 3-0 substitutes made second half one of them Harry Wilson scored an absolute beauty curling the ball in left foot into the top corner before turning provider to set up another substitute Vinicius to tuck the ball home just before full time West Ham were never at the races Fulham 5, West Ham 0 in the third game of the day, Luton were unable to hold out their first half lead against Manchester City and that scoreline finished 2-1 to City in the end. Joshua Adudonker had the full-time report from Kenilworth Road. Luton won, Manchester City 2. Manchester City have returned back to winning ways, coming from behind. Luton went ahead before the break from Elijah and Bio had a goal to Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish in the second period, secured the win for Pep Guardiola's team. The champion stay in fourth place. That's their first win in five games. It's the third straight defeat for Rob Edwards, Luton Town. Finished Luton Town 1, Manchester City 2. This evening's 4.30pm kickoff, which is the final game of the day, sees Tottenham host Newcastle and the hosts are currently leading there by three goals to nil. In Scotland, Celtic suffered their first Scottish Premiership defeat of the season today, losing 2-1 at Kilmarnock. 
into rugby now and there was a repeat of last year's final in the Investec Champions Cup this afternoon. Holders La Rochelle welcomed Leinster with the Irish side sealing an away win by 16 points to 9. Elsewhere Leicester Tigers beat the Stormers while Sale completed a 28-5 win against Stad Francais in the day's first match. Finishing off the day's action is the meeting of Racing 92 and Harlequins. That game kicked off at 5.30 and it's currently Quinns who lead in Paris. In Rugby Sevens, the Ireland men's team have bowed out at the semi-final stages of the Seven Series in Cape Town. They progressed to the last four after a 36-21 win over New Zealand earlier today, but ultimately fell to Argentina in the semi-final. The Irish women's side lost out to Australia in their quarter quarterfinal by 24 points to 14. Finally, to basketball and in the misquote.ie Super League, Gronenbacher Credit Union Brunel beat Waterford Wildcats by 99 points to 73. While in the insuremyvan.ie Super League, UCC Demons took on Colester with the away side winning that game by 92 points to 73. Now we're going to talk about ladies football first because it is yet another absolutely massive week for the Gladmire ladies team because they are preparing for the current account.ie All-Ireland Intermediate Club Championship Final that's taking place in Croke Park next Saturday and they'll face Ballinamore Sean O'Heslins of Leitrim in the decider. So to look ahead to that game, Jer McCarthy has been speaking to Ellen Toomey, Ellen Murphy and Abby O'Malley from Gladmire. Now, we are delighted here on Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench to be joined by three members of the Glanmire Ladies Football senior team who are heading to Croke Park on the last weekend before Christmas, believe it or not, to play in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final where they will meet Leitrim's Balnamore, Sean O'Heslins. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the captain, Ellen Toomey. Ellen, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are things? Things are great. Good to speak to you again. Uh, joined also by Abby O'Mahony. Abby, how are things? Hello, how are you? I'm good, good, good. You can hear us there, okay? And we're also joined by Ellen Murphy. Ellen, how are you? Hi, how are things? Things are good. Things are really good. It's a busy time for Glanmire. It's been one hectic schedule between Sarsfields and the Camogie and Glanmire and the ladies football. But here we are. Ellen, tell me, when I say you're heading to Croke Park to play in an All-Ireland final, has it sunk in? And I know the three of you were there back in 2018 and I know you were part of a fantastic junior All-Ireland success. But this time around, you're a senior club now. Has it has what has happened with the win over Nafina? Have things sunken in? Or, and how much are you looking forward to this All-Ireland final? Um, no, I don't think things have sunken in quite yet. Um, I suppose today is only Wednesday. We're a week prior to the um, All-Ireland final and we actually haven't got back training yet. Our match is on Sunday, so... We kind of had a couple of days off, so I think now when we go back training that it'll kind of really sink in that we do have an All-Ireland to prepare for and that um, we will be up on the big stage up in Crow Park and it's going to be something that we kind of have to get our heads around. It's going to be a bit taunting. Like me and the girls were actually joking only recently, most of the girls on the team haven't played in Parky Cueve or Parky Ring yet. <laughs> and then for us to be going up and playing in the big stadium in the country is just mind-boggling but it's something we're going to have to get our heads around but we're really really excited and we can't look or we can't wait for it and just on that as the team captain as well how important actually have a few days off until the likes of myself demanding media attention from me how, how important were those few days off considering you've been going week to week and Sarah's have also been going up to this weekend yeah look it's really important that we do have a bit of downtime and that we can kind of rewind as well and swab it like that and freshen up um, like it has been a really long year I even think with the travelling to London and I don't know how the Kogi girls did it because they had a monster final on the Sunday and then the next weekend again there was another two matches again for the dual players and I found it kind of 
tolling enough on the body to go out on the Saturday of the week before in London and then the following Sunday we were playing the me team which we knew were going to be very good so just to have this one week off we just have more time to do an extra recovery session and more as pitch work and just polish up on the football this time of the year but yeah really excited I'm delighted with the extra week but again as you said it is the week before Christmas so we couldn't have pushed it out any further and just on that Abby I mean obviously last weekend a fantastic 1-7-0-6 victory over Nafina in Mallow um, you could tell that this Glanmire team had been on the road for quite a while it was tough going it was hard conditions it's playing winning football at this time of the year and eking out those results but how tiring did you find that game last week because you were behind at half time but you got it together in the second half Yeah it, it was God it was very tiring but uh, as Alan was saying there we're still we, we got a, a couple of days break, so I think um, in, in that aspect, the lads have been very good to us and understanding, so uh, recovery is, is everything, and even like uh, Esther, our physio, God, the work she puts in with us is, is amazing, so I think it's important to just mention her because she's been so great this year, and especially the latter end of the year, as you were saying, is a long year, so <laughs> we're yeah. all feeling it a bit. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very busy couple of days and week leading into this all and final, Abbey. But, I mean, you've been through it, as I said, back in 2018 when you won the junior. But, I mean, how much can you tap into that? I mean, this is very different now because it's a big step up in terms of intermediate and you're playing a really good, tough opponent. But does it help that, I suppose, that you've experienced a bit of the excitement before so you know what's coming? Like, it was such a huge thing to be a part of and, like, just, I don't know, like, for, for the group to get to that stage, it, it really just kind of binds us together that bit better. So... Uh, I think we're really grateful as well uh, with that coming into uh, senior. I think that'll really stand to us. Everyone is equally up for the challenge, to be honest, um, uh, no matter if they were in that position or not. Uh, so we're, we're just, we're ready for it, I think. Uh, as I was saying, we're just really excited, so I, I think we're ready to win it. <laughs> yeah, that's the, way to, that's the best way to approach it. And just from your point of view, Alan Murphy, as well, Last week against Nafina from County Mead, the, the Mead and Leinster champions, they really put it up to you. It was only 4-2 at half time. you were down. Things turned around in the first 10 minutes of the second half, but how concerned were you at half time and how, what, what was said at half time and what changed at half time because you came out all guns blazing, got 1-2, Orla Roach got that very, very important goal and how good was it to win a, that tight a game, you know, heading into an all earned final? Yeah, I'm really, really close first half and I feel... We knew we weren't doing ourselves justice when we came in at halftime. Um, I suppose we were doing an awful lot of things right, but it was the final finish just wasn't coming off that we wanted and we knew we had more in us. And at halftime, we were given a, a big talking to. Um, and I think it, you know, it drove us on. And I think we, um, I think we did ourselves justice in the second half. You know, um, we got scores we know we could get. Um, and our confidence grew we grew into the game and um, just I think we're just so elated at the end of that game to have grafted out a win mm. we've had a lot of close games as you said throughout the championship um, and we're getting used to them <laughs> but uh, they're not nice <laughs> when they're that close and just uh, back to you again Ellen just on that you've mentioned the fact that you've won a lot of tight games you went over to London which was a big you know a lot of planning a little bit of hype around that game and Tyr Connell's really put it up to you that day. Does the fact that you'd come through such a tough test against Neva Vaughan, does the fact that you've come through, you know, your province and especially that Tyr Connell's game, but you really were pushed and how important was it to get that kind of a of a test heading into the Nafina game? Because had you won maybe easily, it might have been as easy to turn things around the last day. Yeah, I think it was, it was a huge test for us. Um, 
Totally. Um, you definitely don't want to be going into a game complacent. And from our Cork Championship alone, we know how close games can be. And I think the fact that our Cork Championship was so competitive there meant that, you know, we've learned how to get over the line in tough games. We back ourselves that bit more. We have faith in ourselves in the process. And um, that definitely helps, I think, if we were to get an easy game throughout any of the campaign it could change the mindset, but we know that every game's a battle. And especially coming out of your county, mm. like it's all unknowns. We don't know the players. They don't know us. We have to focus on ourselves. And I think that's the important thing there when it comes to those close games. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And to your captain, um, Ellen, how important now is it that you had a freshness about a new management team coming in this year with Vince Barry and the backroom team I know the fantastic work that was done in the three years we don't have to go back over that because the people inside Glanmire and outside Glanmire know the effort that was put in in reaching all those intermediate finals but just having that bit of freshness this year at the start of the year with Vince and the the management team that's clearly had a positive effect definitely has had uh, a positive effect on us and like even as you were saying there all the close games like all the extra bit of work that we've done this year, like just kind of getting new management in, kind of change of opinions, doing stuff slightly different. Like they've all kind of been the make or break of us as a team as well. Um, like I know we've touched on it before, but like the management, like Vince is our manager and like he's pulled out all the staffs. Like Connor Quillen is our coach and he kind of has a bit of back, um, background in basketball and stuff like that. So even he takes just kind of a different approach to some things which work well. Um, then we have a goalkeeper coach um, who's been doing brilliant work with Ava and Cara all year and even as well like it must be said like Ava is the reason why we are here as well there was a couple of games where she made point blank saves which are really really important then James he got on board with us as well he was like kicking coach so he'd kind of be with the forwards and the free takers and stuff like that and then also we have like Dean being involved who's like our fitness coach which is running and stuff like that so like all different expertise in different areas coming in and it's kind of like all after tying in together nicely. It's just brilliant, um, which is great to see. And of course, then we have Esther, Physio and Louise, who is involved with the team as well, the organisation and stuff like that. And of course, Sully, who does endless hours. So I just think all the management put together, you can't just pinpoint one person who's after changing the dynamic. It's just literally there's so many people involved it's all hands on they all have their own roles and they're after delivering so so well and as players like we're after buying into it hugely so yeah it's great that we have had new management in and just to change things up and it's been very professional all year and it's just worked brilliantly for us and from the media point of view you've been an absolute pleasure to deal with I have to say that about Sully as well we can't not say that about Sully but specifically if I can get the word out for organising things like this and making players available we are very very grateful uh, to him and your management team for that you're listening to Jeremy McCarthy here on the Corks Red FM's Big Red Bench we're speaking to Ellen Toomey Ellen Murphy and Abby Omani from the Glanmire LGFA senior team who will play in this year's All-Ireland Intermediate Final against Leitrim's Ballinamore Sean O'Heslins on Saturday 16th of December before Christmas um Abby Omani, is it too simplistic to say that beating Neva Vaughan and finally winning that intermediate county title at the fourth attempt has been the springboard for all of this and getting to an All-Ireland final? Or was the relief of winning that just so important to you that you've just been playing without any kind of, you know, any worries or concerns? You're going into each game, going to give it your all. I think I can speak on behalf of all the girls that like we were so grateful to uh, get to the point we're at now, but... I, know, I think there was definitely something special about uh, that win, uh, the county, the county final win. So yeah, ho- like hopefully we'll drive it on now. But um, 
they, we knew that um, Neve Vaughan, uh, uh, even playing uh, with them uh, with Cork, we knew that they're the brilliant bunch girls and great footballers. So it, it was going to be a tough competition, and uh, we were very wary of that going into the game. But we were also just so up to it, <laughs> and um, we just threw off the shackles <laughs> and just went for it. Um, so I think we kind of maybe took that approach as well, and it, it gave us it instilled confidence in ourselves um, to, to drive it on. And I know and uh, we're in bonus territory and all that, but realistically, when you get on the pitch, you just you want to win like as if it was any other game. So um, yeah. yeah we, we, uh, keep going and uh, like it's you know we can't we can't get this far now and not when we have to we have to do it <laughs> that's, the so. best, that's a good way of approaching it yeah and just for abby just just on that we talked about important management team but the supporters and your families and your friends because you don't see these people i understand that from a player's point of view you don't see them and at this time of year coming up to christmas you've all got things to be doing in college or you're working whatever but it's work it's college and then it's football and it's been that way for a while but how important is the support that you've gotten because you got great support from the last day as well Oh, the support is huge. Like, as we speak now, I have balloons there at the corner of my eye that we got from district <laughs> uh, in Glanwire. So uh, everyone, like the whole community, has uh, has really come on board with it. And uh, I know a few of the girls um, uh, were asked to visit uh, a couple of the primary schools as well today. So it's it's just, it's an exciting time. Um, but we also recognise that our sole focus is the football but it's it's nice it's it's something new and fresh to to have these experiences as well so um everyone is welcome to the games of course and uh, we're we were we are very lucky with the support system we do have you certainly are and you'll also be hoping ellen murphy that as many people as possible can get to crow park to get behind you in this particular game because leitrim's um as I said, Leitrim's, Ballinamore, Sean O'Heslands, they're bound to have a, a, a big support as well. It's a big day for them as well. I know you haven't probably done a lot of homework on them just yet, but any team that gets to an All-Ireland final, you know is a good team and they're going to test you. But from your own point of view, Ellen, um, you obviously want to see as many fans up there as possible. How much are you looking forward to this? I mean, the occasion and tra- travelling up to Crow Park, playing on that fantastic, fantastic surface in that stadium. It's going to be once in a lifetime. Well, hopefully not once in a lifetime for Glanwire, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, how much are you looking forward to it and how hopeful are you that the Glanwire community can go uh, up to Dublin and get behind you? Absolutely. It's going to be a massive occasion and it's such a brilliant stadium to get the chance to represent Glanwire in. Um, and... You know, a few people have been speaking to me now, even just today, looking for tickets. So it seems that there's, the appetite is there anyway to travel up the road behind us. Um, it's a big stadium, so uh, we'll need a lot of support there to, to fill um, uh, the stand. But um, really, really looking forward to it. I would imagine we've had a lot of families joining us along our journey from the beginning of the year. Um, and... It's growing every game and the interest is there. There's an awful lot of young girls coming to our matches, which is fantastic. Um, it's great to see them. Um, and it's great that their parents are bringing them along to see, you know, girls playing. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it, hoping to get all the support from Glanmire. But there's been massive support. We've had a great year in Glanmire between the hurling and the camogie and the ladies football. And I think people are very aware of everything happening in GAA circles in Glanmire at the moment 
They certainly are, and why not? Because as you said, they're correctly all the success that that part of the world has had over the last five months, and we hope there's one more trophy to be lifted before Santi comes down that chimney. Uh, Ellen Toomey, the captain, just before we finish up, um, did you have much of a chance to celebrate that intermediate county championship final win? And if so, how long did you celebrate for? You don't have to give me the full details because I know you won't, but I, just, I was just <laughs> eager to know because it was a quick turnaround to Munster quite, quite, uh, not long after and Skibreen were kind of in the same boat, but O'Donovan Rossa, but did you get a chance to enjoy that? Because I know you haven't had much of a chance since then. We did two nights of it. That's all we um, We obviously had the night after the county final, we went back to Sars's pavilion and then on the Sunday, we actually ended up in town now, it was actually nice because there seemed to be a couple of matches on, so there was a couple of G- different GAA teams out and about in town, and even without the jerseys on us, people were coming up congratulating us, and it was just a nice kind of feel-good little reminder of what we did accomplish because at that stage it hadn't sunk in with us yet, and I still don't think it fully has sunk in either. But, yeah, we did. We celebrated it not probably as much as we would have liked because, as you said, we had the county final on a Saturday and the following Sunday... Uh, only about eight days later we were out for our first round of the Monster Championship um, so look we did what we could and I think we might have had a recovery session then on the Monday so I don't know was it intentionally by the management by having the recovery session but that, do you know what it's all worth it now looking back on it like mm. we'll have we will have a short enough Christmas but I'm sure we'll be celebrating win or lose next weekend hopefully with a win and an extra trophy as you said um, but yeah the, we have to sacrifice and we know that as players that we do sacrifice um, this time of the year and it just makes it all the sweeter then when we actually can go out as a team and celebrate it just means that small bit more as well Absolutely very very exciting week ahead for everyone on that team and all the supporters that will be heading up we are wishing the Glamour team the very best of luck from everyone here not just at the Big Red Bench but the whole of Corkford FM will be rooting for that Glamour team now Yesterday saw tribute games take place for the late great Teddy McCarthy and the Cork footballers beat Meath in Porky Cueve with the hurlers beating Galway and our colleague Tommy Rooney from Off the Ball was there and he caught up with Cork hurling boss Pat Ryan who was Teddy's clubmate at Sarsfields. Pat Ryan, we're here in Porky Cueve, the Teddy McCarthy tribute games today. Um, a lovely way to mark the very sad passing of a legend of Cork oh yeah look look. obviously Teddy was a legend of Cork look obviously being a Sarsman look he, he was a huge player a huge fellow within our community in Glamour with Glamour Football Club and the Sars Hurling Club and which was a huge surprise and huge shock and, and dismay when he passed away but look he's left a huge legacy um, he's a huge loss to his family um, which is the most important thing really for, for that side of it but uh, look it was nice to honour him somewhere today you know uh, the Cork people definitely responded and they came out to watch it today and it was a lovely day for it we could see interacting with some of the 90s boys there going off at, uh, at half time I think some of them in the tunnel as well yeah yeah look, sure, look they're legends of the game and Cork like to look you know, obviously they were in multiple All-Ireland finals you know a lot of them played in 84, 86 as well you know so they're well known in Cork you know they've, they've left a huge tradition for us to follow and that's our job trying to get back to that tradition you know yeah Henry Shefflin down today to play in a challenge um for those of us who aren't privy to watching challenge games behind closed doors, there was a bit of a zip to that today. Was that is that kind of what they're like now these days? Ah, yeah. Well, look, I suppose looking look fairness, Park Keith pitches in great shape, as you can see yourself. And look, the ball was travelling fast and it was fast grown, so look, it made far. Look, it was a bit open at times as well, you know. But uh, look to look for us to get snap back started. Last year we didn't have a game, couldn't play till really January, so it was great for us to get a few training sessions and a match to aim to. And Henry was look, Henry was 
very gracious to come down and, and um, partake in the challenge match which was fantastic and a big thanks to the Galway County Board I think there was five goals in 1990 there was four today you might be happy with those yeah yeah we left probably left another couple more behind us but look I, I think look that was probably been the Achilles, heel, Achilles heels for us last year we left a lot of chances behind us last year so and we left a few again tonight so that's something we're working on in terms of uh, Cork Harlem fine lines between in the Hurling Championship these days between having a good year and a poor year how are you going to turn it around from last year? Yeah, well, look, look, I suppose, look, I suppose, as a management team, we were new last year, and look, I think we're more set in what we want this year. Um, we've learned an awful lot, um, but that will be proof of the pudding when we get back into the into the championship. Uh, look, obviously, we were a bit unlucky last year, you could say, but look, couldn't get over the line. There were one point in either of the three last three matches, and would have seen us true, but look, that wasn't good enough for us. You know, kind of a bit of a hollow victories at times, but look, um, our job next year is, is to um, get out of Munster, which look, as everyone knows, is a bit of a minefield, but look, that's key for us next share and we take it from there do you feel like the group and the players have a bit of bite about them going into 24? Yeah, look, look. I don't think. I don't look. I, I look. I would never question these fellas. And look, they've probably been questioned for a bit. But uh, you know, look. I can. I can see it. Look, what's going on? The effort that they're putting in, um, the extra training that goes in. Look, look. Uh, Inter County hurling now is on. Is 24/7 really? You know, seven days a week. And uh, look, we're delighted with what our lads are giving us. Yeah. No time now till the new season kicks off. Best of luck over Christmas. No, nope, thanks very much. Much appreciated. Thanks, man. Cheers. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. You are very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. It is me, Sarah McKenzie Foley, with you. And if you do want to reach out to us about anything on tonight's show, you can find us on socials at Big Red Bench. But in the meantime, we are going to talk baseball because earlier this year, the Cork Renegades were crowned national champions and it was in their very first year of competing that they've won the Baseball Ireland B-League beating the Belfast North Stars in the International Baseball Centre in Ashburn in County Mead. And Rory has been speaking to club founder Brett Sutherland and their ace pitcher Philippe Zakrocki also about their incredible achievement. Hey, Brett, Philippe, uh, Cork Renegades, uh, thanks very much indeed for coming to the studio. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, Brett, I might start with yourself. Can you tell us, I suppose, how the club started? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did it start? It started, there was, um, there was a need, there was a necessity um, to facilitate all of the baseball players in Cork. Um, and people came to me for whatever reason because they knew I was just about to have a baby and they thought this is a really good thing to put on Brett's shoulders <laughs> right now. Um, so, but I like I love the sport. Philip will Philip will tell you that I'm like a Jack Russell um, with a tennis ball when it comes to a baseball. So I thought, let me have a go at doing it um, because if I don't do it, perhaps it won't get done. Um, and then that was it. And then we all just got together. We started having some training groups, small training sessions, unofficial. And then before you knew it, our numbers grew and they kept on growing and growing. And here we are now. So, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy, what was it, June? June, the I think so, yeah. So from June last year to now, it's just been an absolute wild ride. It's been amazing. And Philippe, for you, um, what's your history with the sport? Oh, well, um, I started playing baseball when I was around 14. And um, initially, I was just drafted in my in my school. Uh, there was a guy coming to to my place to the to the school. Where was school? Um, in Poland, I'm from Gdańsk, the mm-hmm. very north uh, part of Poland. Is baseball big in Poland? 
No and yes, because, uh, well, I usually get the same response from people around uh, here whenever I say there is baseball in Ireland. They're like, oh, is there? <laughs> that was the same case in, in Poland. But we were lucky enough to have a European center for Little League in Poland in the dead center of Poland, uh, specifically in, in, in the town of Kutno, where there are some amazing facilities. And this is where uh, that part of Europe actually uh, comes for all the tournaments and all the, the, the bigger events there. So um, it was tough, but uh, there were there was an infrastructure there to, to accommodate that. And well, yeah. You, you, you played at quite a good level, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been in, yeah, pretty much in the Polish, uh, in Polish team, uh, all, all the pretty much the, f- the first league the second league as well uh, yeah I've done it for, for close to nine seasons as really? well so yeah it's been quite a and then obviously the light took over so I had to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then I just uh, reconnected with baseball here in Ireland yeah. as soon as I found there was a team I just decided to join so when you moved to Cork there was no baseball there until you heard with Renegades was it or yeah, that's that's exactly what happened because I remember that was my first thought to to go just on Facebook groups and see if there's at least someone who would have a glove to throw the ball around with me. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I just I just came across some very very old articles from 2013 saying there is a team, but mm. the team was there no more. <laughs> so I just put those uh, dreams on the back burner and mm. um, yeah, just checked every now and then and. That at one moment there was actually a team that I joined. Yeah, so there there, there was there was a team before in Cork um, that probably was around for about two years. Um, Brett, what's your history with the sport, and how did you get, I suppose, bitten by the baseball bug? Okay, um, played cricket all my life. Um, I loved playing cricket, and then I moved to France. Um, the French do not play cricket, um, and I was just I was just walking one day in the town that I was I was living and working in at the time and I saw a baseball diamond and they were training and I went you know what I'm up for it yeah and I just went and asked if I could have a go and that was it and as soon as I put that glove on and that ball hit the mitt that was that was me done I was hooked and that was 2013 mm-hmm. yeah so yeah 2013 so 10 years baseball has been in my life but this is probably the most consistent because before I moved to Cork I was kind of like all over all over the UK and Europe with, mm-hmm. with my job so I was never really in one place long enough to fulfill, fulfill a season so this has been my first full season um, playing baseball itself. so those cricket skills got it transfer to baseball don't they absolutely 100% and you know what to anybody who likes cricket baseball is better <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know the, the actual sport of baseball is very transfer- transferable from cricket and hurling mm-hmm. like we've got some hurlers on the team and they are phenomenal baseball mm-hmm. players so yeah it's a, it's, it's, it's a stick in a ball yeah. catch it do you know so yeah it's it's the same sport with just a different accent yeah. <laughs> basically but you have played other sports as well or was it always just baseball well, in Poland, the uh, soccer or football is, mm. is king. So I've obviously done that for most of my life. And then a little bit of volleyball as well. Um, but then as soon as I just learned how to play baseball and I actually got good at it, there was just no other no other choice for mm. me. It was just uh, too much fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. There's so much that goes on when you're playing baseball and even when you're watching because you're into it. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on that you just can't not have fun because the, there are just so many different options that are happening at the same time that it just it grabs you and it eats you and it's very it's an exciting game so when it came to setting up the team then Brett I mean like how do you go about that you say to yourself right I'm going to do this I'm going to 
set up a baseball team yeah. what's your first step WhatsApp group <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was wasn't it it was just a WhatsApp group I think group. so it's just like we all, we all got together people people came to me and Andres the head coach and they said we think that you should spearhead this and I said well okay look we'll give it a go and then it's like talking to people with Philippe with so much experience and just talking to people that love playing the sport and we're like should we do it and they said yeah absolutely let's go for it so then we have to start finding about joining the league our fees the set protocol that we have to fulfill and then it's just about getting everyone together then we have to find somewhere to train then we have to get equipment and you know it was all very very diy very organic people came with their own bag of baseballs people came with their own backstops and things like mm-hmm. that um and then it just got to the point where we had momentum it became a lot more official we we got the name we started getting our apparel sorted we got sponsors um and then yeah and then it's just sort of grown and and now it's kind of like just this rolling machine so pretty much like any other club that you'd find all over the country your GAs your hurlings your soccers your rugby Mm -hmm. like it from humble beginnings to to now this like fully fledged machine that is just totally focused on baseball and fun yeah (laughs) so when you saw there was a team in Cork was you got on to to Brett straight away was it or how did it work well we knew each other uh, before um, in the the previous team and as soon as we started the 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 renegades well initially it was just a whatsapp group of six members just yeah. <laughs> meeting to to train a little bit and and, and just uh, do something extra mm. when it comes to baseball um and then yeah it kind of grew organically as, as brett said we we started uh, getting the numbers we started having the place to play and uh, the place to train uh, after that we assigned coaches we have several coaches that are doing an excellent job and preparing uh, all the specific positions in baseball it's just uh, yeah it's just it was all organic mm-hmm. um, but I think I think because it's because it's like Philip said it's like and, until you go down the rabbit hole you don't realise how popular the sport is so like in France when I got hooked whenever I travelled anywhere around Europe for my job the first thing I did was Google baseball team mm-hmm. in that town or in that city um, and that's that's how I got into it here with the previous team Philip was the same and I know that now especially for us because our social are sort of getting better and like Instagram and everything like that all someone has to do is just Google baseball in Ireland baseball cork so yeah but there's also like a national baseball like league Mm -hmm. Um, there's a whole like administrative facility a governing body of baseball so people can just head over to their website and there will just be a list of all of the teams throughout the whole country um, so it's it's very it's a very easily accessible sport now but um, all yeah I think every team is just happy to see uh, someone new joining the ranks mm. uh, yeah as, that's that's case for us mm. where every single time there's someone joining us or just very excited I always make a point of yeah pre- pretty much every week there's an inquiry on the website or Instagram or Facebook book and from experienced players probably like someone like Philippe um, to complete novices or can my can my children come and mm. so yeah it's just to- totally accessible but it is a rabbit hole as soon as you go down it you're like oh my god baseball in Ireland it's so weird and we get it when we when we played our, our home games in um in Mayfield we played at Brian Dillon's GAA and we had we have crowds at our home games and yeah people are just stuff and go oh Jesus beast <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it would be I wouldn't have thought it would be an Ireland else you have to excuse the accent but yeah so it's 
it's it's un- until you know it, you don't know it. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? But then now, thank, thank, thankfully to us here, we've opened loads and loads of people's eyes. So we've got people joining every day that never mm-hmm. played baseball before in their life, but are into it because they watch it. So yeah. And as one well as more the more experienced players in the team, I suppose, is your role in to, to help these guys along and get their baseball skills up to scratch? Or how does it work? Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do. Obviously, as I said before, uh, we have uh, coaches for that. Um, I am myself uh, just a humble captain of the team <laughs> but there are people who have way more experience than I do and uh, even I'm learning on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. from, from their knowledge but um, it was I think during our there was this fascinating thing that I did before uh, the last game of the um, finals that we had where I tried to calculate how many years of experience each of us have in baseball in the starting uh, 10 of us or 9 of us depending yeah. if you're looking at offense or defense and there's like I don't know close to 100 50 years of baseball wow. experience uh, that speaks for itself mm-hmm. so uh, yeah there's definitely a lot of people that can teach you one thing or two and they'll have just a plethora of knowledge that, that you can you can gain from and as captain then what the, what's your role then I'm trying to talk pretty much with everyone just to see what the enthusiasm what, what the what the sentiment into me is uh, what what people need uh, what they're trying to improve uh, maybe say something that kind of, if, if they have a particular really nice uh, let's say a uh, highlight reel in making <laughs> something like that uh, yeah I'm just trying to, to stay close to, to all the people uh, that we have because I believe that we're I think we're friends first and team later at 100%. least this is how I feel mm-hmm. about it so just uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Philip I hope you don't mind Philip is a captain that leads by example because on and off like on the field Philip is phenomenal um, and off, off the field as well he's, I'm sorry, he's an, actual, an actual <laughs> G, you're, you're, you're a great man. So yeah, Philip is the epitome of a captain. When did you like you guys are obviously the champions? Congratulations on that. Um, when did you guys realise that you were good this year and you had a chance? Well, Philip, that's up to you. That's your question. <laughs> I don't know because I I never I know that some of us had expectations and I'm looking at uh, our head coach Andres and Andres was helping that we we're going to take the championship this year <laughs> during even <laughs> preseason trainings or when everyone's just like you know. I was still a little bit rusty and just trying to get in the uh, in the thick of it. I I didn't really look at it this way. For me, it was game after game after game, and then after we we had a really good winning streak at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it was up to eleven games, one with zero zero losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, then everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this might actually happen." <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> we they're, we are they're. very um, strong this year, and um, we definitely have a chance. Yeah, so, and I think you know. I think like Andres's, Andres's like belief as as head as head coach took us. You know, mm. it, it, it took us, and, and and we rode that wave because when you are eleven and zero in your first season, you're like, hold on, something cool is happening. Like yeah. this is, yeah. You must have caught everyone by surprise as well, though. I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Lots lots of people messaging saying congratulations. You know, this is great. Like we wish all the best for you and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. we, we we definitely caught people by surprise, and like winning the championship was like the icing on the cake like a real a real fairy tale ending but even just to get to the playoffs 
is phenomenal mm. in, in in our first season. So yeah, we're um, yeah. There were a lot of warm words from friends, baseball friends around yeah. Ireland. Yeah, yeah and, and even like yesterday, there was um, the people that we played in in the final, the Belfast. North I was going to say, yeah, there seems to be a great camaraderie between you guys. There's some lovely messages coming they, from them. They 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 put up a post on their social media, you know, like saying congratulations to us and everybody on the team. Like even in defeat, they were fantastic, and people were coming yeah. up to us just saying this this is absolutely wicked. You guys mm. like a you really deserve it, but like you put like we put in hard work everybody on the team training even before the season even starts so it's kind of like it isn't I'm, I'm, I don't mean in this way it's it's no surprise that we got the result we have mm-hmm. just because of all of the hard work that everybody put into the team long before the season even started so it's um it's 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 a, it's fit it's a fitting reward for the effort a bit of a complicated structure I suppose finals wise because you guys play two games in the day and if it's level you come back the following week yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of well Philippe Philippe will testify because Philippe played a lot of games in Dublin it's a schlep it's it's I mean the everybody will know that the journey itself is three hours mm. but it doesn't just start at three hours you still have to wake up and you still have to go to, to your lift or the the first weekend we actually we hired a coach because mm. um, well we just thought it'd just be a lot easier and when people drive yeah. you imagine like driving three hours and then playing three hours of any sport mm-hmm. it's so fatiguing and then you make got it to six back. because it was a double header yeah. so you yeah. play one game you rest 30 minutes and then you go it must be exhausting game. isn't it it is it, uh, baseball it's, it's funny because baseball does not look exhausting uh, until you actually play it and especially if you're a pitcher or catcher mm. then you'll <laughs> you'll, you'll just uh, see what the game is about when it comes to uh, fatigue Leaving you on a cliffhanger there because that was part one of Rory's chat with Brett and Philippe of the Cork Renegades, Cork's baseball team. So next week we're going to have the second part of that conversation and they'll be talking more about their historic win and their search for a permanent home as well in Cork, among other things. Now, I had the pleasure myself of chatting to hammer thrower Nicola Tuttle earlier this week about her career so far, coming back from a recent injury and what her plans and Olympic aspirations are. So let's have a listen to that chat in full now. I'm thrilled to be joined on the Big Red Bench by Nicola Tuttle, who is a four-time Irish national hammer throw champion from West Cork. Nicola, thanks so much for chatting to us here on Cork's Out of Him. Thank you very much for having me. I think it's safe to say that probably very few of our listeners are going to be experts in the hammer throw. So I suppose my first question is really, how do you even get introduced to the hammer as a discipline as far as track and field? Like I was with Banded Legs Club and I was always doing a lot of running. Um, and then I tried out one of their camps one summer and I was actually um, at my neighbor's daughter's communion. And I was just kind of joking around saying, you know, I'm trying this for the crack. And then eventually... Um, <laughs> My neighbour, Kevin Warner, he came in with a big 7.26 kg hammer and was like, I actually used to throw. So he kind of coached me from there. And I think as the years went on, then I got into it and I joined the gym, Be Fit and Bandon. And I got another coach, Roland Corum, who started to up a gym programme for me. And then I got another technical coach, Killian Berry from Dublin on board. And it all just kind of went from there. Josh, Ardent has quite a strong reputation in men and women's hammer throwing. How does it feel to be part of that reputation now as you're, you know, on the on the senior circuit? Um, definitely, yeah, no, it feels really good. I mean, like Eileen O'Keefe obviously was amazing. So mm. being able to like look at her progression and you know, continue and the same with the men, obviously. There's been so many like up there throwers throughout the years. 
Um, so to be able to, I suppose, compete myself internationally now and stuff, it is really nice. Yeah, and you're you're sort of double hatting it as a, at the moment as a student in UCZ and obviously competing in competitions as well. How do you find managing that balance? Um, it's definitely it's definitely difficult, but I'm actually I'm up in UCD on the Adastra scholarship. So like the Adastra, the Academy are so so supportive and they back me in every way they can and all the facilities are there for me on campus and if there's any anything like I have a question about anything or anything, they're always, you know, they're right there ready to help. So it makes it so much easier being able to balance the whole academic and training. And you had a, you know, a fairly serious injury back in 2022. You've obviously managed to come back from that really well as an athlete. Injury is always going to be a, a possibility, of course, but does it feel good for you that you've kind of managed to overcome something difficult like that and still be able to perform at a high level? Um, definitely, yeah. And I think, like, obviously I wouldn't have been able to come back from that injury without the support from my physio Mary or, like, obviously my coaches who did up to my gym program. I was like, mm. well, I couldn't use my hand, you know, my elbow. I was still in the gym and I was still working on core strength and leg strength and I was doing a load of drills and stuff. So and I did some one-handed throws as well and I think support from my family as well. That, you know, during that time, just it made it a lot easier that, you know, staying resilient and, you know, I was always determined that I was going to get back and world under 20s, I always knew were on in August. And that was always a goal of mine to go there. And even when I did dislocate and fracture my elbow, I never lost hope. Hmm. Um, so I always just, I think that kind of helped me. Like I always like the highlight of my day is going out and getting to train. So yeah. that was still there. I didn't, I didn't have to stop, you know, I had to stop doing proper throws, but I still, I was so lucky with the team around me that I was still able to do training and maintain a lot of, a lot of the ground that I'd made before that. You mentioned family there and I was going to ask you, you know, I know what it's like to be part of a family that has a serious athlete in their midst and it definitely requires a lot of commitment, you know, from everyone at some stage. How important has that family support been so far for you and what's it like now being based in Dublin? Obviously they're in Cork still. Um, it's like family support is so, so important. Like for me, like my dad built a cage out in the family farm at home for me to train in. So like that was when I was doing my junior cert because just the time wasn't there to be traveling to training. And my mom, then every training session I do, she's out there with me when I'm at home. You know, it could be raining, snowing or the sun could be shining. But just it doesn't really matter. Mom's always there and she's always involved and she's trying to she's learning along with me so that she's able to give me some critiques and stuff. And even my sisters, you know, they're so supportive all the time and it's really nice. Yeah. And you I kind of mentioned it earlier, but you had a pretty full schedule of competitions in 2023. How have you found that, you know, obviously in between competitions, recovering and then getting ready for the next one? How has 2023 felt from that standpoint? Um, 2023 was quite a good year for me. I think I made quite a big jump in terms of my distances and stuff. And I think a lot of that was from the work I'd put in the year before that was only mm-hmm. kind of showing um, this year. But I suppose it started out really well. Obviously, I did still get in fractured my elbow at the European Throwing Cup in 2022. Um, <laughs> and then, and then like going back out there 2023, I managed, you know, I came second at the under 23 category so be able to stand up on the podium a year later just kind of it started me off to such a good start and it was just such a special moment um mm. and then of course the European team championships that was my first senior international so being out there and being able to 
perform like you know against other well-seasoned international athletes who've been to the Olympics like Thomas Barr, Phil Healy, Sarah Lavin you know mm. being out there watching how they went through the whole process and being able to perform myself I suppose that was the day that's my furthest ever throw like the national trains record that day so being able to do that out there as well was really really special and then of course European under 23s was a like my major under 23 age group I guess do you know, I'm, I'm still only 19, so I have that competition again in 2025. And mm. to be able to go fourth, like I wasn't ranked fourth. So to go out in the day and I suppose my first time in qualifying, I got the automatic qualifying mark, which had never happened for me before. So mm. I think that just kind of, it started off really well for me and I was really positive from the start and I was just kind of buzzing the whole time, which was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then Absolutely. national seniors winning my second national senior title that year. This year as well, just kind of finished off the year really nicely for me. One hundred percent. And you mentioned there, obviously, some very well-known Irish athletes on on the senior level. Is there anyone in the Irish camp at the moment, or maybe in the past, that has given you sort of mentorship on how to deal with those occasions, or is it mostly kind of your your closer team that that supports you on that kind of thing? Um. I think it's like Ireland are very good and, you know, the performance pathway and stuff, they'd have like workshops and stuff like that and Zoom calls where you can like, they'll like talk to you about maybe training camps or nutrition or like sports psychiatry and stuff like that. They they like provide a lot of resources that way for you. And I think then like, it's more my own closer circle, but like um, there's definitely supports there. Yeah. That's good to hear. And obviously the Olympics are in Paris next year. Dare, dare I mention it? Um, How do you feel about what your path to that level of competition might look um, like? Right I think now? it's everyone's dream, you know, mm. when they're doing sport is to go to the Olympics. And I'm no different myself, you know. Um, throwing the 70 metres is quite a big, it's quite a big jump and it's quite a big barrier. Um, and qualifying for the Olympics is a lot like the, obviously it's the automatic mark, which is 74 meters. So mm. that is, you know, I'd have to break the national senior record to do that. And the national senior record holder, Alina O'Keefe, obviously has been to the Olympics. So the yeah. standard is really high that way. Um, but there's there's a whole ranking point system and everything. Um, there's the quota spots and stuff. And I think like I'd have to get traveling abroad a lot to gain ranking points and stuff because come February, March, there'll be a massive jump in all the quota spots because everyone will be competing. Like mm. 2028 would be a lot more realistic for me because like the winner of the last Olympics was 34, I want to say, um, Anita. So it's not necessarily a sport where you peak in your teenage years. You know, you can continue yeah. on for a long time. So um, I think 2028 would be more realistic just well, a case of training hard and seeing can I creep over that line. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of which, do you know yet what your 2024 looks like competition-wise or is that still to be decided? The European Drawing Cup will be on in March, um, which will probably be my first major competition of the year. And then after that, it very much depends on how much I have progressed because there is the under-23 championships are only every two years. So after that, there's European seniors and then the Olympics. So I would love to get out to European seniors. Um but I would, again, I'd, I'd want to be throwing over 70 metres for that, I reckon. So mm. it is just kind of keeping keeping the hard training going at the moment and then seeing can I get out over 70 metres and then doing as many competitions as I can to see can I get there. 
definitely Absolutely. exciting times ahead. And look, thank you so much, Nicola, for taking the time to chat with us here on the Big Red Bench. And we're wishing you the best of luck for everything in 2024. Really exciting times ahead for Nicola. Make sure you keep an eye out for her next year as she continues to compete. That is everything that I've got time for this evening, folks. I really hope you enjoyed the show. This is actually my last big Red Bend show of 2023. So thank you very much for tuning in every Sunday. And I will see you for a new year of sporting adventures in 2024. But until then, stay tuned for Mags with Green on Red. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.